Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So today we have an avid bike rider, but uh, I'm going to deem him more so the simplified boss. And I think it's going to be a really good and insightful episode. So Pete, why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what are we talking about today? Well, you know, my name is Pete Moore and I am, uh, I've run a business coaching entrepreneurs and taking, basically turning their wants and worries into wins and transforming frustrations into freedoms. You know, entrepreneurs are busy people. And one of the things they really want back is their time. And from that perspective, I work a lot around how to create the frameworks and systems to give them their time back so that they can use it as they want. We get into business because we want a better life generally. And we're, you know, as we start this in, we're kind of like, Hey, this, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want a better life and all this sort of stuff. But a lot of times get mired down in sort of the frustrations and management and sort of the day-to-day running and the, the, you know, 60, 70, 80 hour work weeks and that sort of stuff. So my main goal is really transforming them back, giving them back some of their time, setting up for, um, setting up frameworks that allow them to do that. And I, I also own a couple of shoe stores and, you know, I have a couple of other businesses too, from that perspective that, um, you know, I'm trying out a lot of this stuff within the businesses that I own, currently own and have owned over the last 27 years of, of being an entrepreneur. And uh, it's, it's really great now to be able to sort of take my frustrations that I've had over the years and my learnings over the years and be able to share them with others in the coaching that I do with Simplifying Entrepreneurship and, and my podcast too, Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast, you know? Nice, nice. Yes, I mean, obviously I watched one of your, your well, a couple of your YouTube videos and one of them you were talking about confidence versus overconfidence. Yeah. And I definitely like that video because I mean, one, you're riding a bike, first of all, right? Second of all, you're talking about different strategies. And third of all, you were talking about a particular diagram in that. So like, well, why don't you kind of like unpack that a little bit more for our listeners? Yeah. So the confidence gauge, which is just one that I came up with a while ago, I kind of look at that one as uh, if you think of the dial on a barbecue, sort of that half moon dial, right? And, and, you know, you have your low heat and you have your high heat and then you have your burn. And from that perspective, I take confidence and I've got another uh, model, which is the wheel of momentum that rolls through and you have to start with clarity. And when you have clarity, full clarity, then you allow yourself to build confidence. And sometimes with confidence, what happens is you can get overconfident. And that's where you get burned. That's when you're taking that needle sort of out of the green zone and, and, you know, orange zone and then into the red and then into the burn. And I've been burned in the past. And I think most of us have as entrepreneurs. One thing about entrepreneurs, most of them are pretty confident people. And what, what I'm, you know, that sort of model around that is all around the fact that make sure you're ultimately clear with the right frameworks before you think you're ready to go. And sometimes we are overconfident because maybe it's our nature to just sort of bypass some of the things. We're like, yeah, yeah, I know that I get that and and that sort of stuff. But that's where we use the power of our team to come 
kind of come back into and hopefully they'll level us out and you know, uh, take us back a notch and make sure that we've researched what we need to research in order to move that next step. Because I've just seen it and I've experienced it personally that, you know, especially if we're, you know, don't have sort of a team around us that's going to push back on a few things, um, then you can get burned by overconfidence. And it's great to have confidence. And we need confidence because as entrepreneurs and leaders of our businesses, we're making decisions every day. That's what we, that's what we do right? We make decisions. Yep. And that whole conversation, that couple of minute video, and yeah, I like to, I like to hop on the bike and just, I, I like, uh, you know, strolling through and as I'm, as I'm riding there and it's just my thinking time, I think essay. And so I'll just pop on the video and just do a, a, a little random video on my thought, but it's, it's always around those different things and sort of flowing out different ideas but um that particular one was all around that idea that it's great to be confident you just got to watch that last 10 percent, which is overconfidence and sometimes it's good to reach out to somebody else and make sure that you know you're seeing all the avenues around what it is what decision you're trying to make in order to make sure that you're pushing in the right direction Nice, nice, nice. And the reason why I brought that up, I mean, obviously you're talking about a momentum wheel, you're yeah. riding a bike and you're building momentum, but you're also yeah. talking about confidence. You have to be hell of confident to be riding a bike and recording a video at the same time. So all <laughs> these different components, you're demonstrating it live. So if you could define yourself, right, what three to five words would you choose to define you? If I was going to define myself, well, um, I would say that I'm a clarifier. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that, that I talk a lot about clarity. You know, I've got this other sort of line that clarity creates confidence and confidence ignites momentum, right? And in lines with that. So I am a clarifier and I like to use different frameworks. And that's what I coach to most of the time are frameworks that you're getting stuff down, getting stuff out of your head. There's so much stuff in your head as a leader and entrepreneur. It's like, get it out, get it onto paper in a framework that makes sense so that you can then make a decision. So I'm a clarifier. I'm a decision maker. So that's another thing. You know, I've, I make decisions fairly easily because I can put them in frameworks and make decisions. And you know what? I think I'm a, um, I'm a community sort of person. I like community around me. I like helping community uh, and working with people and doing all that stuff. My, my sort of philosophy essay is that with, with simplifying entrepreneurship, I really feel that entrepreneurs are the backbones of every community. They're the people that hire. They're the people that donate to the local food banks. They're the people that help build the wing on the church or on the, on the hospital or the new playground in the schoolyard. They're the people that run typically most of the volunteer organizations that are out there that are working towards the community. And how, how can they do that? They can only do that if they make an amount of profit that allows them to do that in their businesses and also if they have the time. So from my perspective, when I look at another model I have, which is the four P's, you know, and that starts with having the right product, then the right process, then the right profit or people so that you can create the right profit and get your time back. Well, once we've done that, and once we've sort of laid that out with the frameworks, people can then give back to their community. So it's my feeling in some small way that 
if I can help those entrepreneurs in their individual communities and all my coaching I do online, so it doesn't matter. It can happen anywhere on the, in the world, basically. But I've somehow touched that community in a way, potentially, that I've helped that community by helping the entrepreneur because the entrepreneur is the person that gives back to their community. So that's sort of my mission and vision for what I'm doing with simplifying entrepreneurship is trying to help commun- communities flourish through helping entrepreneurs enable that. Nice. So if I could unpack that and, and re reassemble that, right? So yeah. essentially what you're saying is, is that you are helping people understand like their capabilities through their mindset, but you're using different frameworks, much like yeah. building Legos, right? And I want people to visualize this. If you're stacking these different Legos and you're putting these different systems together, that's how you're going to get up to the top, right? So like now you're building up these Legos, right? And on the process of stacking up these different systems, what hurdles have you had to overcome? Because I mean, obviously you're building up Legos from time to time, the structure below may fall apart, it may tilt over. So what, what have you overcome in that journey? Well, we don't have two weeks, (laughs) a lot, a lot over 27 years. But, you know, if we pack it, unpack it back to those, those P's, um, you know, product. So without having the right product, you know, I've had, you know, there's so many things around having the right product. And a lot of entrepreneurs, especially startup entrepreneurs, get mired down in perfection. And, you know, what, when I use the word product, I, I mean, I'm talking services as well or programs, you know, whatever, whatever, however you want to use it, but basically you're offering and we get mired down in perfectionism around trying to make sure that this thing's absolutely perfect before we release it. So that's one of the things that I've got tied back with in the, in the past. It's like, you just got to get it out there, get it out there in the public, make it happen so that you can then kind of test the ground, see if somebody will actually pay you what you think it's worth so that you can then reframe it a little bit, craft it, maneuver it. And that's part of that learning part, right? Now, now we're going to take that 80% and fix what we need to in order to craft it. And I mean, there's a whole bunch of frameworks behind that. You know, the next piece is process. And with the process, oh my gosh, you know, again, people are looking for perfection and process. Well, there is no perfect process. And what we can look for is enabling it to be even better. So we start off, you have to start some, and you got to start with, say, we got processes for everything. We have them for operations. We have them for marketing. We have them for lining up our podcasts, right? SA, I mean, you've got a great, I, I mean, I've just witnessed it coming on here. You've laid out your processes for guests to come on your podcast in a way that's like foolproof. Well, how else can we do that in our own businesses? So we're laying out these processes in order for people who are taking part of our products and take and buying our services to enable them to get through in a very easy manner so that we're going to allow that to happen and we're going to make profit on that. And then we have people and I, and I structure the three the people into three different areas. One, your ideal client. Who is your ideal client? There's all kinds of stuff around that. And then who is your ideal supplier? So who's helping you deliver your promise, right? Whatever it is you're promising to your clients, who's helping you? Who are, who are your partners in that? Mm-hmm. And then it's your team. Who's your ideal team? 
are they part of your culture? Are they ingrained in it? Do they know what's expected of them through their the key characteristics of your business, the critical actions of your business, your guiding principles, which is something that I work a lot with uh, around that. And then once we have all that, enabling the, the people, the process and the product, we're allowed to get the profit. And that's when we start seeing that time thing that we talked about, because there's only so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. There's only so much we can do. There's only so many hours in the week as the, as the entrepreneur. So now you have to start allowing yourself. And this is something that's an interesting thing too. It's like almost giving the leader of the business permission to delegate. It's really interesting. Mm. It's like we're asking our teams to delegate all the time and all that sort of stuff. But the release of our own stuff down is often a really hard thing for a lot of business owners and leaders. They're unwilling or don't know how to actually release some of those things to free them up into one of my exercises, I call it love it or leave it. But basically it's into the areas of the business that you love doing. Your area, some people will call it unique ability or genius genius zone, all of that sort of stuff. But, but basically really releasing yourself so that you can truly do what you're best at. And SA, I mean, I'm assuming uh, not knowing the internal workings of your business, but you're best at doing what you're doing right now, having these chats and stuff like that. And you probably have other people around you that are doing a lot of those other things and making that happen so that you can spend your most productive time for your business, having these chats and doing that sort of thing. And that's what you know, a lot of people just refuse to let go of some of those things. So a lot of it, that when we talked mindset a little while ago is around the mindset of it's like, okay, to delegate. So let's set up the frameworks that allow delegation. And often that's around dashboarding and different things like that too. Nice, nice. So, I mean, well, what I'm taking from, from what you're saying, I mean, it sounds like you have some elements in there. Obviously it's mindset. We talked about mindset, but in addition to that, you're talking about, um, are you familiar with the business model canvas? Yeah. To where, so, yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you're practicing some of those elements as well. You're talking about key partnerships. You're talking about key activities. Sure. You're talking about value propositions and you're yes. formalizing it in a particular fashion that you have these Lego box that you can then delegate to other people to say, hey, this is what I've used. This is the system that I've put in place. Here's how you can take this system and step and repeat and create your own metamorphosis of what I've showed you and taught you how to do. So then you could have your own success. And obviously with that. Right. So I think going back to your earlier point is like. How long have you been on this journey? I think you alluded to an actual time frame, but in perception, it looks like an overnight success. So how long have you been on your journey to get to where you are currently? All my life. <laughs> I have only worked for somebody on a full-time basis for six months. Um, yeah. And outside, I mean, I'm 50 years old. So, I mean, outside of part-time jobs and stuff like that, that you have, you know, when you're, when you're younger, um, I came out of university, worked for my dad's best friend who had a wonderful landscaping, heavy construction, landscaping type business, uh, worked for him for about six months and realized at that point in time, cause I had had small sort of startup businesses, grass cutting businesses and stuff like that through university and what have you. Um, but at, at that time, after working for, uh, his name was Peter too, after working for Peter um, for about six months, I just said, you know, this isn't for me. I'm going to go make my own road and do my own thing. So that was in 1994. And so wow. here we are 27 years later. Uh, the business that I started in 1994 
um, is still existing. I sold it uh, 11 years ago, but still doing well and still still rolling, which is great to see. And I've had a lot of other businesses and been involved, bought and sold some businesses along the way, but it's been a journey. And that's the thing. I mean, having get getting to this point now where I still own a, a business and we have one that's on a hiatus because of COVID. It's uh, it's one called Liquidation Roadshow, where we bring a whole bunch of people in for a big roadshow type event, you know, for weekends and stuff like that. But in, in Canada, where I live right now, we can't convene a whole lot of people. So we can't do those big events. Um, but at this point in time, so that one's on hiatus. And then I've still got the couple of shoe stores and simplifying entrepreneurship, but taking a lot of those different learnings. I've been a business broker in the back, uh, you know, back a few years ago, helping people buy and sell businesses and, and a lot of that sort of stuff. So the learning has happened all along and those trials and tribulations that I've gone through. I mean, we've, we had three shoe stores, we've down to two because, you know, one of the big learnings there is that over my years, if things don't work, you got to cut loose quick or else it can get deep. Right. And from that perspective, we cut that one loose and, you know, we have two great stores that are doing really well, but you know, there's so many different things along the way, whether it be to human resources or whether it be to operations or whether it be to marketing or whether it be to just entrepreneurial life that uh, have led me to where I'm at today, I say. Wow. Wow. Definitely. Um, it's insightful and it's inspirational at, at the same time. So, I mean, obviously you've had all these different fragmentations that you've collided together to make this puzzle, which is you today, right? Yeah, if yeah. you can go back in time, right? Time traveling, Pete go back at any particular time in the past 27 years and you had 30 seconds to talk to yourself, when would you go back to and what would you say to yourself? Well, I think, you know, going, going back to those early years, uh, I think it would kind of probably be around that confidence piece Mm -hmm. essay because I was pretty confident as a young entrepreneur, uh, which helped me, you know, certainly helped me. But there was a few times along the way where I was overconfident and did get burnt. And from those side of things, I would I would say, like we started off the conversation, I thought that was a great spot to start, by the way, if you know, coming back to that. But having been burned a few times, or I mean, I've, I've, um, I've sold a business where I only got paid 80% of what I was owed, because that particular guy, um, didn't pay the last 20% and left the country and all this sort of thing. So you kind of learn these different things along the way. And you're looking back and you're like, I was confident that, Hey, it's no problem. And if, if that doesn't work, uh, I'll just take the business back over while I had moved five hours away. I'm not going to take a business back over that I'm five hours away at that point in time. So many different things along the way that, uh, I was confident about, but you know, and I had people talking to me in the background and I might not have listened to them as well as I should have, because I've always had great mentors around. And sometimes you just kind of bypass some of the information that they're feeding you. And you're thinking, no, I know, I know what I'm doing here. And it's like, "Mm, maybe I should have listened a little better to a few of those ones along the way. Uh, And, and I mean, that's just part of learning. So I look at my mistakes um, as part of my learning and part of my journey to get where I've gotten. And that's the beauty of having these conversations. And also when I'm coaching with people, I can share these experiences in hopes that they don't have to go through them. So when I look back to my future or my past self, it's like surround yourself with people 
that really are going to, you know, first of all, look out for you. And secondly, guide you through some of these things with stories and with uh, experiences that they've had so that you can, you know, move through those without some of the pains maybe that I've suffered that, that other people have suffered um, so that you can move through those in, a, in an easier way and get to the end goal even quicker. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, you talked about mentorship. You're talking about that you're a coach. And obviously, I think you were born an entrepreneur, but in that nature versus nurture theory, right? Yeah. Do you come from an entrepreneurial background? Were any family members or, or direct bloodline that you remember had that so much hustle like you have right now? Like, where is it coming from? So, um, my mom was a school teacher um, before we were born. And then um, she, she raised us as, as we were growing up, but she was always doing stuff on the side. She was, you know, doing crafts and selling to craft stores and all, all this different things, you know, always sort of hustling around garage sailing and different things like that. My dad uh, wasn't an entrepreneur, but he ran an entrepreneurial organization for the owner. So he was really the principal. The owner had a several different businesses. So my dad basically was the, one of the pro you know, the principal person behind a construction business. I've got lots of entrepreneurs, lots of farmers, lots of different business owners in my family. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't, I don't believe in being a born entrepreneur, but I certainly was around and had influence by a lot of entrepreneurs throughout my entire life. So from that perspective, always had people to talk to and listen to and, and, you know, sit around family gatherings and we're talking about life as an entrepreneur, even like I said, even as from a farm perspective, it's like, there's so much there. There's, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of reward, but how, the lifestyle of an entrepreneur, I think is an interesting thing too. It's just a different lifestyle. Not for everyone, but for the people that do it, they typically love it. And uh, from that perspective, I, I would never look back. I love being an entrepreneur for my career. Nice, nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, obviously, you're talking about different segments of your past and yeah. today, right? Like, how do you currently juggle like your work life with your family life? Yeah. Well, um, I've crafted this. You know, I I have a one page planner that I that I basically use and. Along with that, it's again, having full clarity. And when you have full clarity around what we've called the buckets of life in, in some of uh, my stuff, but you know, having what, what do you want out of your health? What do you want out of your wealth? What do you want out of your relationships? And when we take those relationships that we were just talking about, you know, your family relationships, your friend relationships, your client relationships, your, your work relationships, all of those things. Having clarity of what you're wanting out of those is the first step so that you can create your business to deliver that. And when you do that, again, getting your time back allows you to, and there are seasons in every business essay. I mean, you're going to be busy at certain times of the year, right? And like, if you're a retailer, you're going to be busy at Christmas and you're going to have to sacrifice some of this other stuff in order to do what you have to do in your busy time, right? And understanding those seasons, those ebbs and flows of your business, whatever it is that you do in your business, you know, having clarity around that enables you to actually kind of plan out what you want to do with all those different buckets of life. And, you know, one of the big ones for me is health. So my feeling, and, and I, I heard this from Joe Polish, but I think it's a, uh, an old sort of, um, proverb basically, but it basically goes something like this. 
The man who has his health has a thousand dreams, and the man that doesn't has but one. And when we think of that, if you're not feeling well, you only want to feel well because nothing else matters. You just, and I mean, I've lived this with family members who are really sick and there's nothing else that matters other than getting better. And so from that perspective, you know, I'm not the picture of health. I'm not, you know, I'm not jacked up and, but, but I'm conscious of being healthy and staying healthy. I have a long-term aspect of what I want to do with my life. And from that perspective, my health is the most important. And then after that, everything sort of falls into play. So understanding that if I'm going to be super busy at one time, I still need to maintain my health, still need to maintain my relationships and all of those things. But without having that full clarity around you and your life as an entrepreneur and leader, it's really hard because things get missed, overlooked, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, most of the people that I work with, we kind of start with that. It's kind of like, okay, what do you want out of your life so that we can then create your business to enable that? And instead of having you working for your business, have your business work for you. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, you're talking about clarity, you're talking about structure. I would yeah. uh, want to, I don't want to elude, but let me, let me put, put my foot in my mouth now. I would think that you have some pretty structured morning routines. So what morning habits do you currently have? Yeah. So I, I get up um, typically around five. And so this morning, quarter to five. Um, and basically I, I sit down, I've, I've got a, a few things that I do. I mean, I use my one page planner that I've developed and kind of scribe down what I'm going to do. I, I have my always I'm drinking my water. Uh, so I, I make my lemon water in the morning. I have my, my certain type of coffee that I make and I lay out my day. I set up my three priorities for the day, what I need to do. I review my stuff that, that, uh, you know, went on yesterday so that I can pursue that, you know, kind of going through, I'm, I'm probably about two to two and a half hours, uh, in my morning routine. And yeah, I typically read, um, meditate, not every morning, but often will meditate in the morning as well. Uh, I like the early mornings because I, it's quiet time. The rest of the family isn't up. I can, and you know, I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of ideation and I like to do models and all that sort of stuff. So that's my time where I can literally just kind of let things happen. I think about different things, think about my business, but also think about different frameworks and things that I can use in my coaching. And, and I also do some writing. So I'm in the midst of, of um, trying to write my first book. So from that perspective, doing some writing in that early morning time to laying out all those things so that I can spend that first couple of hours being most productive. And it means for some people, their most productive time is later in the day. Mine just happens to be early in the morning. I'm, I'm an early bird. And, you know, when it comes down to nine o'clock at night, I'm ready to hit the hay and uh, I don't want to be doing stuff until the midnight hours, you know, but other people focus at that time. And I don't think there's a right or wrong, whatever your time of, of, of power is, uh, is a good thing. Just ha mine happens to be in the morning. Nice. Nice. So I think you, you kind of, um, 
did a prequel to like my next question. And I think you just fell right into that. Right. And I, I, I look, I'm looking at his bookshelf in the back for the, for the listener, his bookshelf is completely <laughs> full. I see traction on there. I see yeah, four hour work week on there. So my next question is a three part question about the books. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first part of this question is like, what books would you want to recommend that helped you on your journey to get you to where you are? Yep, Part yep. two to this question is like, what books are you actively reading now? You talked about you read some books in the morning, you do some writing. Yeah, so what yeah. books are you reading right now? And part three to this question, you mentioned writing a book. So let's talk about like that book that you're writing and what's that book about and and when is that book going to be released? Okay. Well, number one, uh, I run a book club. So uh, I have the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Book Club and anybody's welcome to join that. It's a Facebook group and we meet once a month. We Pick one book a month and uh, and we meet for an hour uh, the last Friday of the month at lunchtime, Eastern time, and just kind of go over that. And it's just one of the things I've always, I'm, a, I'm one of these guys, I say, uh, that just never ending learning. I love to absorb different stuff and, and look through different things. Uh, so from that perspective, uh, happy to put that out to any of your listeners mm-hmm. as well, and they're welcome to join. Um, but what books um, would I suggest? Well, yeah, I love Traction. Uh, like you said, some of these ones that are behind me for anybody who's watching the video. Uh, business well. Made Simple is, uh, I'm a Business Made Simple Certified Coach. Uh, that's written by Donald Miller. So uh, I certainly am recommending that one. It's a great one for anybody who's in business, uh, just lays things out in a really nice way. He's got another one called Story Brand, which I love too. Um, you know, I love uh, Hug Your Peoples here. How to Be a Great Boss by Gino Wickman. You know, it's another traction one. One of the ones, um, these stack here are all um, Dan Sullivan's small books from Strategic Coach. Really love those. Uh, have been a Strategic Coach um, client in the past and and really love Dan's way of thinking. Uh, just great books, easy books, quick books to read, but always giving good content. Um, the one you were asking, what am I reading today? Mm-hmm. I'm reading Limitless by Jim Quick. Uh, so that's our book of the month in the book club. Uh, and I, I love hardcover books for these kind of books. Um, when I'm reading uh, just sort of um, casual books, I'll, I'll get them on my, um, on my Kindle. But when I'm reading sort of books that I want to take away stuff, I'll highlight books and, and uh, I mean, I just highlight them and tag them. And when I go back to them, I can, I can get back to the areas that I want to get to and that sort of stuff. So I love, I love doing that sort of thing around the books that I'm interested in. Um, when it comes down to the book that I'm writing, um, it's sort of along this line right now. Uh, it's called from, well, at least Right now, I'm calling it from frustrations to freedoms as an entrepreneur. So a lot of what we've been talking about today, you know, those four P's and creating because a lot of times there's those gaps, right? You have this gap of where you're frustrated, mired down, and the freedoms are what you want it to be. And how as an entrepreneur can we craft in that middle and cross the chasm? How can we craft that into being what we truly want from our business? So everything we've been talking about today is essentially what I'm going to be writing in the book and what I am writing. When's it going to be released? I don't know. I'm hoping to have sort of the original script of everything done by Christmas time. So hopefully launching in the spring. Nice, nice, nice. So, I mean, I think we have so many similarities and I think that I think that's how we found each other through the, the, the cosmos, right? I mean, obviously I have a book club as well too. I think the only difference between my book club and your book club is that you're doing a book per month and I've, I'm trying to animate individuals to learn how to read a book per week. So we're doing like the 52 books in a year. So, I mean, that, that's kind of the reason why I asked that question. Love that. 
but I definitely, I love like the push and pull between both of our different book clubs. So with that, I definitely want to invite you, like once you get your book ready to release, I would love to kind of bring you into that book club and then talk about your book. I mean, obviously we can do like a secondary interviewing, tell people more about your book, more about your strategies, as well. So with that being said, going into like my next question, I mean, you have all these different, um, going back to the, the Lego example, you have all these different Legos that are all building this, this, this empire. Where do you see your, your Lego empire 20 years from now? Well, um, you know, I've been able to set up my, my shoe stores as somewhat of a passive type investment. And, um, Am I called into work? I was called into work yesterday. We, we were short staffed and I had to go and, and work on the floor, you know? So it's not like you can just walk away from small business. You know, I, I'm not, uh, you know, suggesting that, but, but I really am not called upon very often. I've got the systems and stuff set up in place. And from that perspective, I like to sort of be around when I need to be around with that business and enable myself to do what I want to do the rest of the time, which these days is all around simplifying entrepreneurship. So when I look at my next 25 year future, I want to be more involved uh, than I currently am um, in that side of things, you know, speaking um, on the stages, essentially working with entrepreneurs, working with different groups of entrepreneurs. I've got a few different groups set up as well. So enjoying some of that stuff to carry on my mission that we talked about a little while ago with regards to helping entrepreneurs survive and thrive so that they can give back to their communities. And if that's the, if that's, you know, keeping in clarity of my sort of next 25 year future, that's what I'm looking to do. You know, I'm 50 years, 50 years old between now and 75 and probably after that too, quite honestly, I have no intention on retiring whatsoever. If I can be setting myself up to do this and that sort of thing can be done virtually in it. And that's how I do it now. So it doesn't really matter if I'm traveling or where I am, so long as I'm available to get good internet, uh, I can be working through that stuff, having these awesome conversations, helping entrepreneurs succeed. And that's really sort of the way I see, you know, the blocks enabled, maybe having another couple of other passive investments along the way that are helping me sort of um, create that wealth, essentially. Um, I've got a few ideas that I'm working on there as well. But uh, I think my future is really around simplifying entrepreneurship and continuing on with the shoe stores. I have no intention on their great businesses and, and rolling along. And I love doing that sort of stuff. So uh, from that perspective, I think that's kind of where it's going. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, with, with that, I mean, obviously on your day to day, there's got to be a lot of systems in place. And, uh, you know, in today's world, there's got to be some kind of software behind the scenes, kind of yeah. orchestrating the noise, much like you talked about my systems earlier on. Mm. What software do you currently use that you would not be able to do what you're doing without having access to it? Well, uh, on the retail side, Shopify, mm. you know, Shopify is, is runs, runs our entire uh, shoe store business, both online and in store. So that's a uh, key piece. Um, which is linked to our mail system, our email system, which we use Klaviyo for that, for automations and that sort of stuff. And I use Klaviyo for my uh, simplifying entrepreneurship business as well. Um, I use Trello as a project management tool, which I uh, really like, and, and you can hop in Zapier in there to automate stuff. Uh, so from that perspective, like that, um, I use... Loom as one of my key tools for almost all of my 
emails. I'm not, I hate tapping out emails, but I love talking them out. So I hop on, I hop on a loom video and send that as my email. And I actually um, just use loom a lot. Uh, of course we use zoom like we're using here today, uh, almost all the time with my interactions amongst my team and a lot of my clients. Um, and you know, I, I really am a big believer in the whole Google package. So we use G drive and we use uh, the whole, I'm, I'm not a huge Microsoft lover with a lot of the outlook and all that sort of thing. I, I much prefer Google. Uh, so we've got everything sort of running with that system, uh, linking into our calendars, linking into our Gmails, linking into all of that stuff that's, uh, enabling our business to run sort of, well, I won't say effortlessly, but with less effort than if we were doing everything manually. So, I mean, lots of other tools, lots of other automations, love that talk, but those are sort of the primary sort of ones that, I, that I'm using these days. Nice, nice. So, I mean, I think earlier we kind of talked about like your, your client sector, about who you work with, but like if we're talking to that person and that person is listening right now, like yeah. you define them, like what does this avatar look like? You know, are, are, are they parents? Do they run multi-corporations? I mean, like what flavor are you really honing in to help? Yeah. So uh, I do do some startup work, but realistically, the, the people that I'm helping most often are people that are already doing well and want to do even better. So it's, it's that, let's call it sort of, um, it depends on what industry they're in. Like I help lawyers, I help uh, um, insurance brokers, realtors, I help retailers too. I work with a bunch of different retail groups, but uh, essentially it's, it's those people that are finding themselves at a level where they either can't break through to the next level or that, you know, they're doing really well and they start wanting to get their time back and they want to get, they want to get more out of their life now that their business is, is running at least running as well with them let's say so now it's okay let's take you out of the picture a little bit bring in the accountabilities underneath that so that you can elevate up to the next level take on maybe a different project like i did with simplifying entrepreneurship if that's your passion but still make sure everything's running smoothly here so giving you back your time and that you know once you're at that level because the first one to three years of most businesses, typically you just have to put your time in. You, you got to get through some of those things. And, you know, I can help you with all that and do help people with all that. But I think the sweet spot is once you're kind of through that and you're sort of blocked at a certain level and you need to sort of get up to the next level and you want to, you know, pass through that, that's the kind of client that for the most part, um, I can bring uh, a lot to the table for. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, with that, we're still talking to that ideal avatar. What yeah. last words of wisdom or insight would you give to them if they're coming to you today? And today meaning that, okay, they've been in working operations for the past five years. Yep. They're profitable. What insight would you give to them to continue their growth? Well, entrepreneurialism is not only about the growth of your business. It's about the growth of you. And they're linked. You know, you have this, there's definite linkage for business owners out there between their families and their lives. And once you kind of get to that point, you, there's like a, there's like a reckoning moment of what you want out of each. And from that perspective, it comes back to really stepping up to the plate as to understanding what you want out of your life. Because it's only then as the business owner that you can make your business 
create that for you. And that's when you get real clarity, what you want out of your life. Then you can get real clarity as to what you need to do within your business in order to give you back that. And for some people, you know, it's more money. And for some people, it's better relationships and more time or whatever the case is. You know, it doesn't matter. It's different and unique for every person, but really understanding what that is so that then you can go back to work on, on those four Ps. Uh, you know, the right product, the right people, the right process in order to get the right profit. So you can then create that life that you want to live. That's why you got into business in the first place. So we lose track of that, I think, sometimes as we go on and within our business and go on within our lives. And, you know, we have kids and we, we're doing stuff and we're just kind of like, we're just doing, right? As opposed to taking the time. And, and I think that's one of the lessons here too, SA, is that we got to give ourselves time to work on our business, not in our business, and not only on our business, but on our entrepreneurial lives because of that meshing, because they are sort of compacted in together, understanding all of those things. And what most people don't do, they spend all the time and all, you know, working in their business, managing that business, making sure that it gets successful. And then they're not working on their business. But the real power comes when you start working on your business, using some of these frameworks that enables you to take it to the next level of what you want out of your, out of your business for your life. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, with that, we're still talking to, the, to this, this avatar, right? Yeah. How does this person that's listening right now, they, they love what you're saying. You're like, oh, my God, he has exactly what I need. I want to start working with him. How do they get in contact with you? Where do they find you? Pretty simple. Um, all you have to do is Google simplifying entrepreneurship and you will find me, my website, simplifyingentrepreneurship.com, or you can go through any of the social channels. Really, my name is Pete Moore, M-O-H-R. So Pete Moore, M-O-H-R, and you'll be able to find me there. Great, great. So I got a couple of bonus questions for you. Yeah, hit me. So the first one, it's kind of comical, but I think, you know, I'm not sure which way you're going to swing. So I'm going to ask you this question. If you can be a superhero, who would it be and why? Well, um, I think, honestly, I think it would have to be Superman because I just have always had this. I love flying. Love, love flying. I love, you know, I, I grew up with um, a buddy of mine whose father had a little Cessna seaplane and we used to go up in the, you know, and being up and looking down on all the things around you and, and kind of taking that in for me, just flying over the city and looking through that sort, you know, being able to craft my way around anywhere I wanted to as Superman, more not for his ultimate strength, but for his power and abilities to fly around and see things from above, I think would be an interesting thing for me from a superhero perspective. Always, always love that idea of just being able to, you know, jump in the air and fly around. Nice. Nice. So I got another one for you. Um, so besides riding bikes and it, it looks like you're, you're playing some instruments, like what yeah. other hobbies or pastimes do you have? So for me, um, I, yeah, like you said, I, I've played in a bluegrass band for many years and uh, enjoy playing music with my friends. And most of the stuff that I do is around being with people, you know, um, from that perspective, I like, I like to play a little bit of golf and I like to, you know, hop on the bike and go for a ride on the trail, whatever the case is, play some music. But you know, the interesting thing is I really don't play much music when it's just me. Hmm. I play music when I'm with my buddies 
It's like, all right, you want to come over and play some tunes? Let's come over and play some tunes. It's a way for to connect for community. You know, love to barbecue as well. So uh, get the uh, get the smoker going and cook up some some uh, some great smoked meat of some kind. You know, and from that perspective, enjoy family time with um, my family is is a big a big piece of that. You know, I I do my best to be home every night for supper. I mean, there aren't too many nights over my 27 career, 27 year career that I haven't actually been able to be at home for supper time. And that's just one of my things. You know, it's like, I'll get up as early as I need to during the day so that I can be home for supper time because that's our family time. That's our connection time, that sort of thing. So, you know, again, setting up your life the way you want to live it uh, allows me some of those opportunities. And that's because I'm an entrepreneur, because the things that I, that matter to me, I've been able to craft around my schedule um, in order to make them happen. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, my last bonus question for you, um, if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? So for me, uh, it would be going back to spend some time with my grandparents on the farm. And uh, I, I'm my my grandfather uh, that I'm thinking of right now, one of the, my, one of my grandfathers uh, passed away when I was only four. So I didn't really get to know him very much. And my other grandmother had passed away before I was born. But the, the set that I'm talking about right now uh, had some wonderful, again, comes back to community, family, relationships. Those are the things that you remember. You don't remember the money. You don't remember different, you know, those things. It's like, for me, those community, those relationship times are the most important times of my life. And I want to keep those rolling. So when I think back to that, sitting around having a family meal, we in Canada here, we just got off Thanksgiving last weekend. I know yours is in, in November. But for us, ours is in October. And having that family meal back with my grandparents um, at the farm, you know, we had bring out the turkey, all the fixings, all the stuff, all the other extended family around playing a couple of games of cards after, after um, supper, having some laughs, telling some stories. I mean, good times, good times. And, and would I, would I love to relive that? And it was before we had video and all that stuff, you know, this is 35 years ago, uh, almost 40 years ago. And from that perspective, we just didn't have the ways to capture those moments that we do now. Uh, but boy, would I love to go back and relive them. Wow. Wow. Definitely interesting as, as insightful as well. So, I mean, going into closing, I mean, you're a fellow podcaster and I like to give my show to whoever is currently um, interviewing and make them become the host of the Boston Cage podcast. So do you have any questions that you would like to ask me? Yeah, I mean, I would love to ask you on uh, a one, one, one quick question with regards to your podcast around, you know, how have you got to the point in a short period of time where you've become so successful with your podcast and have such a huge following? Like what has been your key learning along the way that has taken you from where you were to where you are? If you were to break it down into one, two or three things. Yeah, I would just think the first, I think most podcasts, when they start the podcast, they want to have these huge followings right away. And for me, my first year, it wasn't about that. My first year was about honing the craft, like 
obviously I've done media and I've done graphic design. I've done all these different principles, but every time you learn a new principle, it's a new principle. So you have to study it as an art form and learn the fundamentals. So that's what I did my first year, learn the fundamentals and then figure out what systems I could put into place. Cause my first few months, I was just thinking about, am I going to have enough people to interview? And then it went from having enough people to interview to, okay, how am I going to manage everyone I'm interviewing? And then it's like, okay, well, how do I manage and monetize? So these steps are there. You just have to let them unravel themselves, but be prepared to do the work to make them effective and, and, and efficient in, in a sense. Yeah. Love that. I love that. And I mean, I think we can all learn from the success. Any, any uh, fellow podcasters all learn from your success and take some of those things uh, into consideration as we look to grow our businesses and our, and our podcasts as well. So thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. So, I mean, we're going into closing of the podcast. I definitely appreciate your time. And I think you brought like a lot of not only energy, I can see you riding the bike in your mind right now, right? You're pedaling away, <laughs> but you give so much different value adds and different, I would say, building blocks for people to think about. It. And I think that's a really good attribute to have as a business owner is understanding the fundamentals of any single business, whatever that profile or that sector is and put it into small blocks and then make these blocks work together. And you're building out a factory, not like an old school industrial factory, but you're building out a factory of whatever your product or service is going back to your peas. And having that in place is where you're going to find the profit finishing off with your last yeah. piece. Yeah, man. I love it. And I love the Lego analogy too. Lego was a vital part of my, my uh, upbringing. So it's one of those, you know, I didn't know you were going to use that one today, but uh, you know, it made me think back of those early days where I was just a Lego crafter for sure. When I was cool. young. Cool. I didn't know I was going to use it until you said it. So I mean, it was just, it just, it just came out like yeah. he's talking about Legos. Let's go with it. So yeah, that's great. Cool. Cool. Well, I definitely appreciate it, man. I mean, it's great having you. It's been a pleasure. And thanks so much for inviting me. Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook. Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.